Hey guys, welcome to Content Candy's new, new show. It's kind of an old show. It's uh, Cinema Bias with myself, Video Drew, and Alex Mack. Please enjoy. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, what have you. Like and rate and leave a review. That's like a thing you can do on podcasts. And make sure to also check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways that you can support this channel, which is growing. Okay, end of thing. we should bring ourselves back on screen hi guys <laughs> hi hi this is this is all my fault this this delay and everything this is all me this isn't on alex uh i was uh very late getting started today because of some formatting issues and trying to figure out where mics were and it's it's a whole thing uh because no, me and I yeah I me and Erica are a couple new shows so it's like everything's in different rooms mm -hmm. and how are you alex um, I'm good. I'm just a little sniffly right now. Um, I, I'm actually I'm cold, hence my my sheet blanket. Is it <laughs> August where you are, or is it, it only August? It, it is. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's August for everyone. But... Well, but in Australia, it's cold. Well, I mean, like the season versus the, like it's the same month, but it's a different season. Yes, that's true. It is the same that's month because they're right. not the same thing. Yeah. Now there would be like one day probably of each like solstice where it's technically like fall somewhere, but then spring or sorry, winter somewhere else. And then, you mm -hmm. know, winter somewhere and then spring somewhere yeah. else. We do have like day, day changes. Someone like told me that uh, in Brazil, um, June, July is, is their winter. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like Australia. It's like their July is winter and like, or like Greenland, I think is another one. Iceland, maybe Greenland. Well, or their, their version of summer is also like twenty degrees. <laughs> summer also includes like you know whale carcasses and and stuff like that. I don't know which one you're talking about, Iceland or Greenland? Because Iceland. Greenland. Has... My dad. Well, my dad lived in Greenland for for a good chunk of time. Greenland's the cold one. Yeah. See, um, it's really confusing because Greenland seems like the hot one, and Iceland seems liars. like really cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, them Vikings—they—they uh, they done fucked up. Well, I feel like there's something in the translation that we kind of got messed up because I feel like that the Vikings didn't name things in English. We did that. We had a chance to make that better, and we chose not to. Well, I mean, but originally when they went over there and it was exploring, this is actually this is some of its history edition, y'all. This is some uh, when they, history. They, and then we're gonna get they, to January, man, which is a month. They actually the year. They, well, they supposedly named it Greenland because they wanted people. They didn't want people to move to Iceland, so they named it Iceland, hoping that no one would go there, so they can the go Viking? over and yeah, and they can go over there and make it like their whole thing. And versus Greenland, the, well, at least that's what I learned in school, but it was a long time ago. 
but, but I mean, that's just really interesting. I didn't know that the, the Vikings like engaged in agiprop, like after propaganda. I thought the Vikings just came places and like pillaged and like didn't oh, really worry no, about like they, the PR. No, the Vikings were in were in like modern day Canada. They were up in like New England. They were they were everywhere. Uh, well. Regardless about whether Vikings did or did not intend to name things uh, countries after specific uh, temperature climates, or whether that's something, uh, I mean, it's probably true. I just didn't know that, uh, which are new fun facts. We are going to be talking about something that has to do with months, uh, January, February, March, but mostly January. Uh, it is the one, the only, we're getting to the end of his, uh, his, his no. biography, his oeuvre. We're getting to the end of our John Patrick Shanley songs. It is the one, the only January Man. A movie that I, I gotta say, Alex, I can usually guess where movies are going. Uh, that, like, and I'm very good at it. Like, I'm very good at it. Mm -hmm. This movie, I was sure that I had the villain down, or like the, the, the bad guy down immediately. And it did not turn out to be who I thought it was. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear your take. But before we get started, uh, what is Cinema Bias? Yo, Cinema Bias. Do you guys not know what Cinema Bias is? Because get your shit together. Cinema Bias is a show um, where Drew and I go into every month a movie one or both of us have not seen. And it's all about challenging us to check out new genres, new uh, directors, or whatever it may be in order to really broaden our movie horizons. But mm -hmm. also break down our inherent movie biases. Because whether I realize it or not, we all have movie biases, whether it be for or against an actor, maybe a director, or heck, maybe a genre. And it comes out, sometimes it just comes out to our childhood. Who is the one that introduced us to movies? What movies do you gravitate to towards as, as, as adults? And why do we have those biases? And let's break those biases down. Yeah. Although, I, I don't know, Alex, we've been doing this show for a little over a year. Do you feel like you become more entrenched in your views? Like, like about what kind of movies you like? Or do you feel like you've like had your mind sort of blown about and now you watch different kinds of movies because you think. <laughs> I, like, my mind has definitely been blown a little bit, quite more, much more than I thought. And I, some realizations really came through where like I thought I was very confident coming confident and I knew animated films. Oh, yeah. I don't. I, turns yeah. out I don't know animated films all that extensively. And I thought I knew, say, I... Like I, 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 I didn't know. I actively avoided horror as a yeah, genre yeah. up until last fall. <laughs> and fall, I love horror. horror <laughs> now I love horror movies. I watch them for fun now, which I never thought I'd do. So yeah, biases have been confirmed and also biases have been broken. So like, that's what yeah, like the horror stuff. Um, as for me, I feel like, I feel like when it comes to movies I'm going to watch, it's still the kind of stuff I think probably that I would have watched beforehand. Like I'm always going to default towards horror. I'm going to default towards certain kind of like dark comedies, but I have learned to sit through and appreciate like dramas and like weepy movies and biopics and weepy especially movies. the action adventure genre. Absolutely. Like, like you getting into the Fast and Furious franchise is so into it. What I, which I never thought would happen, and then it did, and you were so into it. And it you was still like a cult. Are. It's amazing. I'm pretty sure it's like Scientology. Like you sit down, you're like, this sounds ridiculous, and you sit down for like five minutes of e-reading, and then you're like, oh my god, it's family. 
and like that's all you can talk about for evermore now i get it because it's like a self-aware action film and you know what i would even say that i could do with more congos in my life i could do with like eight more congos if there were like yeah. eight more movies like congo out there like i'm thinking about rewatching twister just to get that feeling of yeah. like watching like a like a real swashbuckling kind of or not swashbuckling, but you know, like modern day swashbuckling action adventure. Totally get it. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I do love I do love movies where the ridiculousness really comes through. And I love movies where not only it highlights that. Oh, we have a donation from Mr. Eric Gredner. Thank you so much, sir. Rod Steiger uh, going off on Danny Aiello. Aiello, um, largest performance in history. Yo, I'm here. I know. It's, it's pretty big. It's There are some performances in here. I don't know. Harvey Keitel and freaking uh, Kevin Klein as siblings is maybe like, the strangest choice you can make as a as a filmmaker like you're like i don't i want to talk to the casting person of this film uh <laughs> and i guess also because like alan rickman's alan rickman so when just, he shows up being like i'm the best friend character and you're like oh I, well i get who the calendar man is and also alan rickman as a He's gay so artist movie, best i was like not ready for it i was like <laughs> i was not ready for it either I, and it got criminally underused considering he does not turn out to be the killer, unless I missed a part of the ending. He's yeah, not well, the killer in this movie. <laughs> he's definitely not the killer. Well, we're also um, we're going to dive into it later, but yeah, there's a lot. This was a movie of. We even some, know who that killer was. Like just some a dude. weird big characters, um, like big character moments from side characters, which I think yes. is really kind of interesting. And I feel like it's that's also a new genre. You know, that yeah. it's a new genre for him. It feels like John Patrick Shanley has never stayed in the same genre more than once. Like he's, n I don't think across yeah. any of his films, we can say any of them are the same genre of film. Wild Mountain mm -hmm. Times of Straight Romance, Joe vs. the Volcano is like swashbuckling rom-com, you know, adventure movie. Congo's just straight adventure. Like Proof is a serious drama. Uh, the Five Corners one is like a crime drama. This is like a crime drama comedy. Like it, 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 Moonstruck um, is like a, you know, I mean, I would put different. Moonstruck and Wild Mountain Time in the same category, to be honest. I mean, I like, regardless, know, like, how you, them, like regardless of how you feel about how good Wild Mountain Time is, I mean, they're both, like, I think one's rom a romance and one's dark family. I don't know if Wild Mountain Time is a comedy. I think Moonstruck is a rom-com. I think Wild Mountain Time is more of a, like, a, a romance drama, like a bodice ripper, oh, maybe. There maybe it is a comedy. Oh. I mean... This movie, I was about to say, though, I think this movie and Moonstruck are, like, exist in the same universe. Like, I feel like this is the same world as Moonstruck. I feel like this is the kind of crime that would take place in Moonstruck. Like, this kind of, it's a murder, but it's, like, a zany murder of women. I don't know what to say. It's, like, kooky. <laughs> like, well, in this movie in particular, there's so many, I, I definitely agree with you. It, it kind of feels like almost, like, uh, like, I don't want to say a prequel to Moonstruck, but it does. There's a. It's very. It feels like a very like the same world in New it's York. It's two brothers who are estranged. Who and one of them's Danny. Oh, no, no, one of them's not Danny Ao, but he's just like right next to it. It's Harvey Keitel and Kevin Klein. Although, like Danny Ao and and Harvey Keitel would have made better siblings than Kevin Klein and Harvey Keitel, which just make no sense that they would exist in the same world, let alone in the same movie, let alone in the same family. Uh, and are, it comes down to that conversation again. Are are they? Is is it this? It's like focused on like specifically like a, 
Jewish or is this more Italian? Oh, no, no. Oh, no. They're not Jewish. That's an Italian family. I don't family. know. It's like, well, I mean, like, like it's like they're when not Jewish, honey. No. well, it's like I, I was like watching know. this. I was like, is this supposed to be played like that? And just because it, it like no. initially the vibes and everything reminded me so much of of Moonstruck, and I was like, is this supposed to be like that's again Italian? Because I because I thought I'm like it, it, it's different. Like the performances and everything are different, and it didn't come across it's, that way. But I was like, like that's like, what they talk like, Alex. Meowth well, they seem like they were trying to make it similar in some. Way. Yeah, they're doing. Yeah, but I think you're just confused. I think you read Jew when it's really just Brooklyn. That's just a Brooklyn and like Italian Brooklyn accent. Yeah, I've never been to Brooklyn. Okay, so it, they all talk like Meowth. Like that's you know like how they Meowth talks really? in, in Pokemon. You know, yeah, that's right. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a Brooklyn I, New York I guy. That was like, like an exaggeration, Wait, like a caricature. He is, and he's an offensive character, but so is Kevin Klein's performance, and Harvey Keitel <laughs> just talks like that. That is just how Harvey Keitel talks. Uh, the difference here in the performances is Harvey Keitel is just talking. Kevin Klein is putting on, like, a weird accent uh, of trying to be Harvey Keitel. Danny Ayo talks like that. I don't know if Rod Steiger actually talks like that. Alan Rickman talks like that, but usually not as flamboyantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Susan Sarandon, I guess, talks like that. I, I for- well, keep forgetting Susan Sarandon's in this movie. Dr- Drew, let me ask you an Oscars question. How many Oscar winners are in this movie? Like, all of them. Uh, I don't know. Did Kevin Klein ever win an Oscar? Like, did Alan, Alan Rickman won one for Prince of Thieves? Alan, okay, so Alan Rickman was nominated. Uh, no, not nominated. Scratch that. He was never officially nominated. Uh, Kevin Klein, he won. For what? In and Out or something? No, he won for A Fish Called Wanda. It's like one oh of, my it's God, like that's famous, right. Famous, right. one of the only, like, a comedic performance for winner. Oh man, you want to talk about that? We can get into how many people in horror have ever won, but uh, uh, that's a to- totally different talk. Since Rand is one, Harvey Keitel probably is one. Let's just say for the piano, he won. I, he showed his butt. I'm guessing that's where he won. He did not win. He, oh wow, surprising. Okay, so call, okay, so Oscar winners: Kevin Klein, Rod Steiger, and Susan Sarandon. Oh wow. And the three Oscar nominees being Mary Elizabeth uh, Monstrantonio, I can't pronounce her last name, Harvey Keitel, and Danny Aiello. <laughs> what is Danny Aiello nominated for Moonstruck? Dude, That's funny. I, I, let me find out. Give me a hop. That's probably Moonstruck. Real quick, why don't I just tell you through the plot of this movie? It's going to be <laughs> difficult. We don't have to put one money on the clock. I'm just going to go as best as I can recall because I was watching this through Pluto TV and like it kept having commercials and that would drive me like that shit uh and i could never tell when the commercial was over and the movie was starting back up again it's not that good at looking up at the screen uh so the right thing out from someone who did not physically look at it that often was, oh, it, um, was it was do the right thing by the way oh do the right thing duh yeah, uh Tulpa, <laughs> come on girl Tulpa. okay sorry so this movie is about a uh detective who's got a brother who was a detective but is no longer a detective because he like was taken off the force and sort of like set up in a in a dumb way but he that second guy who's kicked off the force is like kind of in love with the first guy's wife the first guy let's just call him what he is uh the first guy's Harvey Keitel he's still on the force his boss is Danny Ao and then there's like a police commissioner or not the commissioner the yeah the commissioner or like the the commissioner of the city is uh is that what he is I wasn't sure if he was like the mayor or something I think he's the commissioner. I think they say commissioner a bunch. Uh, so he's the commissioner, and then he's got a daughter. So it's like the police commissioner's daughter is Mary Stewart, uh, that person, um, and or Mary Elizabeth, uh, whichever. And then there's Susan Sarandon, who is Harvey Keitel's wife, 
and who is sleeping or has slept at one point with Kevin Klein. Uh, and so that's kind of like the setup of what we got going on here. Then there's Kevin Klein's best friend slash roommate slash gay artist buddy, uh, Alan Rickman. I don't think they live together. I think they're just best friends. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. like sassy a little bit, but he's not really in the movie as much as like you would think would warrant an Alan Rickman being a sassy gay best mm-hmm. friend character would would have. Uh, and then what happens is there's been murders. There's been a bunch of murders uh, and they're trying to figure out how the murders happen. And only Kevin Klein is really like in, invested in it, I guess, or like knows how to do it. Right. Uh, so they find out the guy's been choking women to death with blue ribbons uh, on how ho- not holidays. It's like every month he's choking women like to death with blue ribbons. Yeah. And the months are also corresponding or the dates are corresponding to prime numbers, which I appreciated. That was kind of like the movie Cube. And then in addition to that, the murders are happening on different floors in the building, which they discover a pattern of, which is that they're the mm-hmm. notes of a song. And they find it out in the most ridiculous way possible by literally da da doming it out they're like da 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 and they're like wait what's that and they're like what part and they're like da 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 and they're like da 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 and it goes on for like five minutes and it's completely ludicrous and they figured out it's the song calendar girl so with that predictive text they're able to uh get the next floor that's going to happen on this date because of the calendar and the astrological symbols and the whole thing and they catch him uh, but guess what? Kevin Klein doesn't have a gun and he's not allowed to call for backup because uh, he's technically not on the force. So he has to pound through the door with a sledgehammer. Oh, and he set up the com- police commissioner's daughter who he's fallen in love with as like the jail bait or like the honey trap to catch the guy. Uh, and then Susan Strand is also in love with Kevin Klein. It's a whole thing. But then he breaks through the door and they catch the guy. And it's just like some random dude we've never seen before. Like some some black guy, I think. Like just some, the Frozen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all, I'm kind of curious. Have y'all ever seen this movie? Because up until recently, I've never heard of this. I have not heard of this movie. Um, I've heard of people in it, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I um, the plot synopsis, essentially, um, everything that Drew said is pretty on point. And... I don't know if there's anything else I would really add to it. There's, it's set in New York City. It was released in 1989, I want to say. So a lot of these actors, Kevin Klein, Susan Sarandon, they're like really in their prime. They're coming off high off of, oh, it's me. What's up? <laughs> um, they're coming off hot off their Oscar wins. Kevin Klein, I think he won an Oscar for uh, Best Supporting Actor a year or two before. Same for Susan Sarandon, obviously. And so it's definitely an interesting one. Is it um, White Guy in Blackface? Actually, yeah. Not so great there. Are you referring to the ending? Um, because I, I didn't I didn't realize it was blackface just because I thought he was like dressed in black and did whole black makeup thing. I thought that was just because he was trying to uh, blend into the back kind of thing. And it was just more of a costume uh, trying to be camouflage rather than doing a character. But I feel like this is this is definitely a weird movie. It's also a movie that I Oh, oh, I'm getting a message from Drew as we speak. Oh, oh, Wi-Fi is down. So fun. <laughs> Troubleshooting on oh, for Drew. Um, hopefully she'll be able to pop up here pretty soon. Yeah, so it's it's this is definitely a weird one. And there's also a lot of really big moments 
and it's I don't even know how to go about this this movie in particular because there there's a lot of random moments that I feel like there are good moments but they're useless moments <clears throat> suicide squad <clears throat> the suicide squad what um that really don't serve a purpose like the the subplot with for example everything going on with with a Susan Sarin and I actually I love Susan Sarin I think everything she's in I think she's pretty fantastic uh overall and I feel like she was kind of wasted her character really is still in love she used to date Kevin Klein's character she, she fell in love with him she loved his eccentricities his um his weirdness and everything and I guess they broke up or she left him for his brother, potentially a more, much more. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, if it was a guy trying to be a, a black, a black guy of a different race, obviously, I mean, that's 100% blackface, obviously. I, I didn't look at him as trying to do blackface just because I didn't. Like, I, 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 again, I thought he was just trying to blend into the shadows kind of situation. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong for sure. Um, but also with uh, Susan Serena's character, she's she's still in love with them. She's also in a weird, she's having a weird relationship with her husband, Carvey Cartel. Also, Cartel, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? He, um... Oh, I don't remember the curly-haired wig. Um, I, I feel like he's just kind of useless in this movie. And the thing is, I, I love Harvey Keitel. He's such an interesting actor. But Harvey Keitel in this movie, he literally anyone could have played his character. And it was just weird. I was just talking about uh, Susan, no, go ahead. Susan Sarandon's character. Like, why does little... she exist? Lon had a really you good know, like, tweet, which is like, why is she in the movie? Yeah, you could literally take that entire plot line out, and it would, it would, it wouldn't change the plot at all. Well, I feel like it's a theme of his because this is the plot of Moonstruck. It's the idea of the brother's fiance being in love with the other brother. Yes. So that mm -hmm. it, it, and it's it's the same thing, but it's almost like we didn't get to see the relationship in Moonstruck that much because mm -hmm. Danny Ail sure. has gone through all the film, but like that's that's essentially what it is. It's it's just like a love triangle, but like I can't tell if they're trying to make it so Kevin Klein is so pure that he's never hooked up with her, even though it's like very clear they're both in love with each other. Or if it's like he slept with her or if he slept with her a long time ago, like it's really unclear well, they what they're were, gonna make it, why they're going out still and hanging out. Well, they, if you're taking intimate photos, not like they weren't like sexy photos or anything like that. They were taking photos like that seemed like they were in a couple, they were in a couple's relationship for a while. Um, like the cute Were photo. they dating before he got yes. together with? Oh, they well, were dating, they were a couple before. Well, well, that's yeah. They were a couple together. I, I assume they were a, a couple, and then she left him for Harvey Keitel's character. That's for brother. messed up. Because, like, honestly, who's doing that? Who's me who's switching from Kevin Klein, who was a hottie back in the day? Like he was. There's just no lie about it. Like, hey, he Harvey was Keitel's also quite a hottie. So no, Harvey Keitel was never a hottie. Harvey Keitel's a, a lot of things, you? but like. <sighs> I'm sorry, but like I was watching the uh, like the documentary about Marilee We Go Along, and once she just straight up admitted she only became an actress so she could meet Kevin Klein when he was doing Pirates of Penzance, and like 
Nah, nobody was inspired to get into acting. No female was inspired to get into acting because of Harvey Keitel's butt in the piano. I, I beg to differ. Have you not seen the piano? I have seen. That is literally what I'm referencing is his butt in the piano. <laughs> I love the piano. Um, I'm still sad we can't cover that on Cinema Bias um, since it's yeah, not. Wait. Somebody said this is Keitel's worst performance, uh, and that's including Saturn it's... 3 where he was dubbed. I don't know, man. Have you seen like the Last Temptation of Christ? Like that's also pretty intense because like I don't think Judas uh, had a Brooklyn accent either. Uh, just you know, people who don't have Brooklyn accents, it's definitely not Judas. Like Je- Judas didn't have one. I'm pretty sure. I, well, I don't know about it being his worst best or anything like that, just because I haven't seen enough of his movies in particular to really kind of make any judgment like that. But if it is worst, uh, I, I don't, I really wouldn't know. He's also bad, in this scene, but like, can like, I be honest? I don't think he's I, good at that often. Well, uh, in this movie, I don't think any of the performances are particularly great. I think like Rickman's Susan Rickman. Sarandon's fine. Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein. <laughs> so. Let me just be honest with you. Uh, Rickman could have had his own spinoff movie and I would have been here for it. Like, oh my Rickman gosh, but Rickman fantastic. was on another level. He was so fucking sexy in this movie. Yeah, I was like, Rickman is is sexy. He's so good. He's so captive. Even if you didn't know that he was like Alan Rickman, like, you know, Snape, like if you were still in the past and watching this movie, you'd be like, oh, this guy has to be the bad guy because he's such a, he like stands out so much more than I think these other characters who are supposed to be the ostensible heroes of the story stand out. Like he is, He's like playing a different game than the rest of them. He's just showing up. He's sort of like, I'm trying to think of the equivalent. He's sort of like mm-hmm. the Alfred when Jeremy Irons plays Alfred in Batman v Superman and like, uh, and uh, Justice League. Jeremy and you're just Irons. like, oh, what a sassy Alfred. Like, oh, look at him go. You're kind of I, like, this guy is amazing. Was, was he possibly my favorite part of that movie? <laughs> I mean, if you're not, if you have a favorite part of Calendar Man that is not Alan Rickman's performance as the um, sassy gay I, man, I, I guess I'm thinking I'm assuming he's gay. He might not be, but I think he is. I, I, I didn't, it was like, I didn't get that vibe from him, but I mean, like, the way, okay, so he's a painter and the way he looked, the way he looked at the, um, or his conversation with um, the, like the naked woman he was painting and he's like and he was leaving for a moment and he's like don't molest anything and he like held it and he had like constant like the the eye contact yeah like he's like don't molest anything to her he's like don't molest my shit like he's like i know i was that's what i'm saying i don't think he was supposed to be straight plus he like kevin klein felt comfortable letting like a chick stay at his house like being like you take Mm -hmm. her for the night and the way Mm -hmm. that he just made like little sassy comments it didn't feel like and i will give credit to this in the screenplay they didn't make him feel like an archetype like so many of the gay characters yeah. were back in the day like he wasn't like like a screaming queen or anything it's just like yeah. he was i feel like his whole character was written to or, be very like or, sassy friend or maybe it could have been like more like i don't know if he was if his character was gay maybe it was bi maybe it, like whatever the situation maybe. was regardless it was a very sexy character maybe it was pink very sexy, sexy. i just thought it had to be sexy. the killer and Maybe also, some, just yeah. oh, his the body language and the way he, um, the way uh, his character throughout the whole movie, his just his attitude towards work, also yeah. like his passion towards the art was like one of the consistent things throughout the movie. Where I was like, I just want to know what that character's again, doing. Like, again, this is why this he had situation. to be the killer. Yeah. And they keep talking about how the killer is smart. Like the killer is like the killer likes music. The killer is like obsessed with astrology. Like the killer has all these artistic leanings. The killer kills people with a blue ribbon around his throat, which they assume has to do with like his relationship with his mother and getting a prize when he was younger. By the way, none of this, 
uh, is relevant because we don't find out anything about the killer. They're just like, oh shit, it's a random guy. Like, whoops. And, and then, and nor, nor do they even have like a suspect in like they have a guy that they suspected because he jumps out of a building, and we never find out why that guy did that either. But like, they never like go off on the wrong direction and are misled into thinking like it is the best friend, and then it just turns out not to be. They use these clues to determine absolutely nothing. They build up this whole unsub profile about the serial killer, only to use it. I guess to figure out the calendar girl song and like nothing, there's nothing about the mother. There's nothing that comes from like any of the other, the astrology stuff. All they use is to figure out when the next murder is taking place. Mm -hmm. And the red and the blue ribbon had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I, I was like, I was, I was waiting. I was hoping that there was going to, well, for a movie that's about detectives and they kind of want to make it kind of somewhat Sherlock Holmesian kind of situation. Yeah, they say Sherlock Holmes at one point. Uh, like, Sherlock. Yeah, like, well, with the whole criminal psychology aspect and everything, which yeah, I appreciated. But yeah. it's, there's very, I, I felt like for a movie that's about detective, detectives and everything, there's very little actual detective work. And I was, and I, and I love movies about detectives and like, uh, stopping crime and things like that. So I was a little disappointed. And even so, when it comes to like, I have love shows like Criminal Minds and everything, and they're how corny and ridiculous they are. And and I liked the cre how creative they and just how weird it was in terms of the actual, uh, in terms of like the music and everything. I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. Okay, cool. That's it's neat. I like that the whole music? component. Oh, the music element. Yeah, like the, that, just the, the the whole thing and how they Yeah, I mean that, that's that's kind of cool, Time but it didn't really do anything later on. <laughs> so I was a little like, what? Or was I just? They're like there's a serial killer Moriarty on the loose, and at the end we get a brief shot of this black dude who we've never seen before. And again, like a little bit problematic. We have not seen one black character in the movie thus far. Yeah. And then like the first shot we're given is like this guy killing somebody. And then they make him out to be the serial killer, like this brilliant mastermind, like a Moriarty. And then at the end, they're like, so what was that guy's deal? And they're like, I don't know. He escaped from a mental institution for, where he'd been for six years. And you're like, okay, well, then how did he figure out all that astrology stuff? Like, how did he figure out how to make Calendar Girl into like, you know, correspond to building floors? Like, was he a super genius? Like, what was that? Like, what's the dealio? We need... We need Why do you love Calendar Girl so much? Answers. I, 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 well, there's, we don't, there's, usually when it comes to movie scenes or like uh, TV shows where it's just like almost exclusively uh, exposition, usually I'm like bored by that. But in this movie, I wanted more exposition. Mm -hmm. And there was entire scenes where I'm like, this is kind of a useless scene. Mm -hmm. But it, it it just kind of adds to the the vibe of a character. Essentially. Yes, that's exactly and, right. He's doing a like, character study inside of a crime movie. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like it, the the crime just is just happens to, to be there. Be there. Yes, yeah, just the backdrop. Yeah. That's exactly. right. That's right, Alex. That's I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, overall, I mean, but this movie. I mean, with that being said, I think this movie is filled with interesting standalone characters i mean we did dive into like how amazing alan rickman is because obviously and how him and um mary elizabeth uh mary elizabeth also had a nice little reunion with uh um with uh not king arthur uh, uh robin hood prince of thieves or whatever with kevin costner oh, yeah, her nice, little, back nice little reunion there 
I just realized something. Oh, shit. I just lost it. What, what? I just had like a brilliant insight. Oh, my God. Go back a second. What were we just saying? You just said something for. Oh, yeah. The age difference is something they keep hitting on between Kevin Klein and her. She's supposed to be like 22 or 25 or something. And like he just keeps mentioning like, that's like a problem. Like it's a problem for like him. Like he just keeps going back like, to young girls. He keeps acting out by going to young girls. Like, <laughs> she's yeah, yeah. like, she's okay. 25 and she's on top of him during sex. I don't, what is that about? Why do we and, need that detail? Why I don't, you I don't older? know. It's just more character character development, I guess. Yeah, or just, that's um, I don't it's know. It's like late forties. Also, like, is there like does he have a thing for or against women that are on top, or is that considered like a? That was just a thing in the eighties or nineties. I think that women shouldn't be on top. Like that makes it less men. Oh, like it's kinky. That was a thing. People used to be really into missionary. I think in the, like the eighties. I mean, cool. I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm making that up, but I think that's the thing. <laughs> people, people used to talk about sex way less, and so people had, and they didn't have the internet, so people's conceptions about what sex were were like anything that deviated out of the idea of men being on top and it being like this totally like missionary position was like considered like a little bit like kinky. Honestly, that makes I would that, that makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, well, overall, like like we kind of mentioned, when it comes to kind of being more of a character study in particular or is there any characters outside of obviously the beautiful Alan Rickman that you thought were particularly interesting mm-hmm. yeah um I want to know who cast this movie I want to know because it looks like he had a part in casting because Danny Aiello was back in it he was in Moonstruck here he is again he's got this great like little thing where he's like He's exactly who you need that character to be, which is the police, you know, det- he's like the captain or whatever. Or he's like in charge well, of things. The casting he, director. Like, is, I, sorry, go ahead. Well, the casting director, well, the casting director has been involved with quite a few movies, um, yeah, such true. as, such as JFK, True Romance, and 200 Cigarettes. 200 Cigarettes? I mentioned that movie constantly they that movie one day is gonna come up and throw down cigarettes. 200 so cigarettes is the movie it is like the avengers um, endgame of of but, 90s movies it has everyone yeah, they they okay so this movie comprised of two casting directors billy hawkins and risa bremen garcia um but billy hawkins and so the movies i kind of mentioned before that was with uh risa but billy hawkins um did precious a okay. fatal a uh, fatal attraction Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Um, Fatal yeah. Oh, even most recently, the Oscar-nominated film, The United States vs. Billie Holiday. Oh, okay. Did they do Tesla. Moonstruck? Did either of them do Moonstruck? Or did was maybe that was just a Shanley thing? He was like, I want that. I guess but that's just a Shanley just, thing. He didn't direct this movie, though, right? Like, he just wrote the script. I don't think he gets to pick. No, um, he didn't. Okay, so the person that did the that actually directed this was Pat O'Connor, who ended up later uh, getting married to Mary Elizabeth, which is funny. What did Pat O'Connor direct besides this? Um, uh, Pat O'Connor did has done quite a few movies. Uh, most uh, He did, like, um, Sweet November. He, um, all months. Every month movie he does is another month. January, um, May, Sweet the, November, August <laughs> Rush. Well, the, the uh, coming of age uh, period films, inventing the Abbots, as well as Circle of Friends. 
Oh, okay. What's your mm-hmm. whole front? Anyway, Rules I guess we're getting a little off topic, but sounds like they mm-hmm. this was a match made in like weird development heck because I don't see how this movie this movie is like two different things, right? It is like a procedural, yeah. like we said, this is a procedural, uh, and it's a character study. But like in John Patrick Shanley's writing and in whatever this guy was telling them to do as directors, it feels like what it becomes is like a mishmashy rom-com, which is, or like, or comedy. Like it has this weird comedy beats. Everything has a weird comedy beat. Like the big climactic scene where she's getting strangled. She's like getting strangled, but she's doing it in a way that gets done in a comedy, which is like, she's getting strangled. She's like, help. And then he's trying to bash in the door and she's like, ah, like I can't. And he's like, and he's like, I can't do it. Like, what's going on? Like, and, like, and she's like, you better come in already. Like, I thought you were supposed to see me. Like, watching and waiting for something to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the guy's, like, murdering her or, like, whatever. But she's like, ah, God. And she can, like, have enough air to, like, scream out, like, these, you know, insulting things about his abilities to uh, murder her. And then, like, when he breaks in or when, yeah, when uh, Klein finally breaks in, he's like, I'm going to detain you. And the guy just, like, takes off. And he's like, oh, no, I've, like, forgotten how to detain people. Like, and it's like, what is this? Like, I thought, like, isn't that your girlfriend, man? Like, you just you're treating this like you're in a comedy, like not like you're in a serious film. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess, I guess, I guess I have to imagine that there was another version of this plot where it was Alan Rickman, because this ending doesn't make any sense. Like the idea that it's just a random character that we've never seen before. And that it's like a black dude who just escaped from a mental facility doesn't even fit with like the profile they've created for him. And it's not, not only that, it's not, it's not even a black dude. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was 100. No, black. apparently. Okay, so Eric um would, reminded me that um it is a white dude. However, what, wait, wait, um what? they are in a black face in this movie. Now I when I saw sorry, it, the movie, what, sorry, sorry, what the fuck? Sorry, go back. What yeah. The fuck? What <laughs> um, the fuck? so I feel like I need to bring up some pictures because I feel like I'm like misremembering this. So, um, I'm gonna actually okay. bring up some of his comments. So, um, yeah. So. Um, I mean, he is, is, that, actually, is that ever clarified? Did they ever say, oh, that guy was in blackface? Or did they just show you a white dude in blackface? Which they, is essentially- see, they, they randomly show a white guy in blackface with a curly-haired wig. Okay, but they never mentioned, like, the detectives were never at the end were like, why was that guy in blackface? They, it's never remarked upon. So as far as the audience knows, that was just, they couldn't get a white, they couldn't get a black dude to set that day. So asked, like, Trevor from, like, casting or, like, from the props department, come over and pretend to be black. Like, that's so fucking weird if it's never remarked upon then that's even fucking weirder well i well thing is when i watched it i didn't look at it as like blackface per se i just like um i saw it as like a white guy trying to like put on putting on makeup and everything because he was trying to blend in and do camouflage or some shit i'm sorry and that's that's why i didn't i didn't notice the wig um like he's like how are you in camouflage by dressing yourself in blackface that's totally stands out that's like a thing people well, be like, like wow that's it's offensive. covered it's over the ears and everything it's not like a perfect circle or anything so I mean, he's like covering over his neck and hands and everything so i like saw it and i'm like i, I, I didn't compete it initially but, but now that he said it as a choice as a director as a choice you're choosing to put a white man in blackface and then never have the like the main characters remark upon this in any way so as an audience member you're just watching it, I guess, because I don't look up enough. Like, I just assumed it was a black guy. Why would I assume otherwise if no one's going to tell me that the person that I glimpsed on the screen wasn't an actual black man? Not commenting on it makes this whole fucking thing so much weirder. Yeah, what I'm trying to see. Going on? I'm trying to find a picture of it right fuck? now. Just because I'm, like, thinking. I'm, like, did it really? Because I, I just need some. Stop it. That is nuts. I can't. 
I can't handle that. Like, were they couldn't hire a black guy, or was this guy's pathology that he liked to dress up like black men? Like, adding blackface into this movie adds another layer of questioning that like is going to make me go crazy. It's gonna make me go crazy, Alex. Well, this Why? movie didn't make all that much money, so I'm not surprised all that much. But like, they never even have a line explaining it, being like, "Well, this guy's thing was that he loved his mom and and he needed to get first place, and also he was obsessed with blackness." I mean, that, that like I said, so I guess this movie has zero black people, uh, which is itself weird. Um, what? What? I'm no, trying. I gotta look, I'm gonna look up the plot synopsis. They they have to remark upon this in the plot synopsis if this is true. Yeah, because I didn't remember the wig personally. Um, but I mean, like, I I mean, like, I was like, might have been on my phone or something, and I just didn't like, uh, like acknowledge it. Just didn't see it. January um, man blackface. Well, that is a search term. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, there is a a search term of it. So it exists, but why? Uh, yeah. I thought the blackface thing was clearly to point out how shitty the police were. Oh, it's a How Did This Get Made episode. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's so they did a How Did This Get Made about this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. And somebody did point out that just randomly a character is in blackface. And that's the killer. Uh, that's fucking wild. What? I thought the blackface thing was clearly to point out how shitty the police were. Like, oh, the serial killer knows the police will like, will like me to go after more black people. If anyone reports a description. Yes, that's exactly right. I don't get it. What? So weird. What, what is going on? Just adds to the confusion. Now, I wonder if this that was like written into the script or not. What do you think that accidentally happened? Like, or like the makeup person made? Well, I mean, it, like, no, no, no. I mean, like, I, I wonder if, like, like you said, what if it, it was like a casting thing, and they're like, "Well, we just can't find any black actors to perform this role." Do you think the character was written? Okay, here's a bigger question. John Patrick Shanley, knowing what we do know about him, which is that he changed Ernie Hudson's character from white to black in the movie because he thought it was like really offensive that this Alan Quartermain type was supposed to be going into the Congo and like, you know, dealing with the natives. So he, had even, he wrote a line that said, I'm the great white hunter, even though I'm black. You think this is the guy and he decided arbitrarily in his screenplay to write character dressed in blackface and then decide to have no other hey, descriptors hey, of it. Hey. I think maybe maybe there was a whole a whole scene going about it. Maybe it was maybe there was more explanation and they just cut it out. I don't know. No, I mean no. It can't be that. It cannot be that. It cannot be that he was wearing blackface and they forgot to tell us about it. That cannot be it. Like, hey, I never, hey, we're oh not saying that they have the best editors or something on on. You know what? I'm gonna go find this movie online and I'm gonna watch the end of it real quick. So I'm gonna mute myself. I'm gonna find a screenshot of it. Alex, you vamp for a second. Go for it. Go do it. All right. Well, yeah. So it's this movie's been a real learning curve. Um, Eric, I'm kind of curious uh, for you in particular. Um, is this your favorite? I know you said this is one of your favorite movies, but uh, I'm kind of curious. Um, how do you feel like it? How do you think it compares to some of his other work? John Patrick Shanley's other scripted Films such as Doubt, Twelve Months in Time. So we glad are... you started with Doubt because I was going to pop in and go, of "Yeah, how does compare to Doubt?" <laughs> Doubt, um, Alive or Eyes, whatever that movie is called. Alive, the um, last one, yeah. Moonstruck, um, things like that. I'm kind of curious. Um, do also do you love this movie because it's just more sentimental to you? Did you grow up with this movie, or do you generally love some of the actors that are involved? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, 
Oh, it's more of a guilty pleasure. So, do you watch this and you're like, this is a bad? Do you watch this and you're like, this is a bad movie, or do you feel like it's it is genuinely kind of an underrated movie? This guy's dressed like a straight up clown. Like he's wearing clown. He? He's dressed like a like. Oh my god! And he is in blackface. Holy shit! Ooh, pull it up. Pull it on I'm screen. Try, I'm trying to find like a good shot that like clearly. Oh wait! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so sorry. What the fuck? What the fuck, Alex? I'm so sorry. I did not know this is what it looked like. I should look up my I, I, see, I, I clearly wasn't watching as actively as I should have. Oh, yo, Jesus. Yo, not even a joke. What the Big old yikes. I don't remember that scene. The, they oh, never comment on it. Well. They never yeah. talk about this. I, yeah, I don't remember. No, it's not only that you not remember. They don't afterwards mention it. They're not like, they tell us that he escaped from the asylum. Not that he was in blackface. When he's being beat up, he wasn't like, he's not like, hey, dude, that's not cool. This is never commented on in the entire movie. What? Oh, you said it was camouflage. I could see that, except then why? No, yeah, I didn't, Alex, I, yeah, Alex, I didn't like realize the hair or anything. I just like saw the face. Okay, um, but here's the thing. If you're in camouflage, which maybe he's trying to dress in all black and blend into the darkness, and why, yeah. first of all, that, that screenshot was immediately the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Why is he wearing, because the Adidas work, that kind of like is like it's something you wear when you're a prowler. Why is he also wearing like these white-ass gloves and make him look like Thriller? Why is he wearing over, like a red uh, lined jacket? Like, look at this oh shit. Oh my gosh, this I did not notice. Yeah, I remember that. Crazy, what is hey, this? I never, is okay, a, just, a magician? Hey, just because, okay, hey, hypothetically, it's, uh, he, he could be a well. Obviously, his character is a real piece of shit. Obviously, what the um, hypothetically, it could it. maybe camouflage, but he's doing a real bad job of it. No, fuck it. No, I think he's first. an off-brand no. magician. <laughs> yeah. This is my thing. I believe he's an off-brand magician. An off-brand magician because it looks yeah. that looks like a magician's outfit. Like that's okay. the, the cut, the the coat with like that smoking jacket look. He's wearing Adidas, which I noticed. Those white thriller gloves. I mean, maybe he's a Michael Jackson impersonator. Um, that's the closest I can get is Michael Jackson impersonator. Oh, well, even so, even if it was an impersonation, I mean, it, like you wouldn't know looking at him. Okay, so I did Google I, what the fuck January man and I found something. Michael Jackson looks, I guess. Uh, white gloves and, and that's it. Like, yeah, I found a, I googled what the fuck January man and I did come up with a couple search results, all of which are just like, yeah, the black grease paint. Like, what is going on? uh what there's no explanation for it uh let's see at the very end in the client delivers a killer wrapped up that's oh yeah they reveal the killer's wrapped up in a carpet and nobody knows who he is and so uh the killer's grease paint face uh like it, it's just really weird and then she gives a ch i forgot this movie ends i thought this movie was not over yet and i was going like a little bit mm -hmm. nuts this movie ends with susan sarandon handing uh kevin klein a check why yeah, yeah. Did she had hot? Did she had she hired him for something? No, no, no. Okay, so earlier in the film, when they went over, um, when she went over to his house to have dinner, he confronted her about a, a check, a check that was missing from his house, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah you stole something from me. This Why check would she steal a check? Here. Did she need money? And no, it was like apparently it was never cashed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I why did she steal it? 
Well, what, what is, never, I don't, what I don't, is I don't, happening? It's not, it's not really mentioned why she stole it, but she ended up giving, and she said, I never. And she, and when he like confronted her about it at the dinner and uh, she's like, no, I, I did not steal it, blah, blah, blah. I, I would never, I can't believe you would accuse me. And then she <laughs> clearly did. Yeah, but then like, it doesn't have to do with anything. And she's like, don't tell me I never got you anything. And she hands him yeah. back his own check, which is not getting him something. It's just giving him back something she stole. And then she's like, bah. and she doesn't say anything. It's just, that's it. That's the end beat. I have to think um, somebody. Oh, oh by the way, you, you, it's like, I love you. I, I loved him. And he's like, I, I and he's like, nah, I like this chick now. And he's, she's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like I've gotten a lot of yeah you, of yeah black you really out of that whole out of that whole thing. Wait, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna read the letterbox reviews and we're gonna see what the hell's going on. Somebody's gonna have to tell me what's going on here. Oh my hey. gosh, we should do this in the future. We should just dive into letterbox reviews. Yeah, the letterbox has to tell me what's up. Oh, somebody wrote a poem. When actors make top billing, it starts with a serial killing, like Kevin Klein, whose numbers are prime. Then the film forgets to be thrilling. Ooh, G word. I'm, I'm gonna follow your ass. You're funny. Remind me to follow G Bird. Uh, recent reviews. Part goofy slapstick comedy, part suspense. They're, get away, freaking ad. Get part suspense, part David Mamet screaming match. Pick a lane. That's a good one. Uh, someone saying, I remember better. This is a hodgepodge which seems like they were just missing that. Uh, the, there were missing j bits just missing that might have filled it in. All a bit disappointing, all things considered. Loved it. Hashtag HD. Oh, how did this get made? I get it. Um, Let's see more reviews. Somebody's got to mention the blackface thing. Please, God. Somebody mention this. Uh, let's see. And that's uh, the screenplay. Moonshot paints an odd picture with strange performances from an outstanding cast. Perhaps in trying to be too cute, the January man struggles to find a tone that fits. Confusing the cast is how to play their parts. However, I found it to be blah, blah, blah. Let's see if I can just control search for black. Nope. No one's going to mention the blackface thing. Okay. What if I control search for killer? <sighs> Here we go. The killer's message. Uh, killer was in a carpet. They, somebody found that satisfying. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this is kind of just this is the worst movie I've ever seen black based used in. I think, and that's saying something. Mm. But, but this is awful. Like this is if this is truly what happened in the film, I don't understand how they got away with it. I don't. I, I need to listen to how this get made now. Well, there is a reason why it did literally have a box office of less than five million dollars. I time. mean, less than five million—that's still um, more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime. That's that's very true. <laughs> but for um, for a movie like this, which hypothetically, I'm sure they were looking to get a lot more money, and they were looking for. Uh, um, considering how many big stars at the time no like i said earlier at, at this time kevin klein susan sarandon they were in their prime they're coming up hot off their oscar win yeah this, and, is, this was before rickman was big though i just saw someone say this is before han gruber so this is before that yeah I yeah so that, that came out like a decade later um that's very true but like i said the big stars they they were hot off their oscar wins and they were like the top billing obviously and uh, harvey could tell he was like pretty hot shit back at this point as well this person's kind of sp speaking to the shanley's thing which is that like he's assuming that it's because this came out after shanley won for moonstruck uh 
MGM offered to commission any script he submitted. So he just gave them a draft of January man. Uh, and like, it was, they just made it like, there's like, no, like he, this guy's putting all the problems on the script. I don't know if I find the script to be a problem. Again, I think John Patrick Shanley is maybe I'm trying to give him a lot of credit because we're doing a retrospective of him, but I find them like definitely to be a little bit more woke and ahead of the curve in that respect. I don't think this blackface thing doesn't strike me as a Shanley beat. This feels like something the director added in or was decided on set, but I don't think this was his idea. Maybe it was, if it was, if it was, then maybe you're right. Maybe there was an extra scene that was cut off about like why this guy was doing what he was doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely uh it's a weird choice that's for damn sure this is ridiculous word picture soup made out of the leftover ingredients from moonstruck moonstruck is a great movie thanks for coming to my it's, ted talk oh Hello. yeah um oh real quickly i do want to let you know um the echo is not from me it is actually from drew so i just wanted to give you a heads up um, I really oh, because i because i can hear my own voice through through you though Anyway, okay. Anyway, sorry, that's a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, he. This is his one of his. I think this this movie was Rickman's second or third movie. Uh, he did Die Hard right before this. Die Hard was eighty eight. January Man was eighty nine. Damn. Sorry, I was trying to mute myself. Uh, <laughs> so weird. Cancel check the proof that his brother was corrupt. Oh. His brother was trying to frame him, and he couldn't disprove it without the check. Sorry, I missed a whole lot. Again, there were commercials, yeah. and I was getting annoyed. If there's this, the whole thing about the subplot of the, the the detective stuff and what's going on interbureau, I also just kind of found like annoying and like unnecessary. Like this movie, I think everyone on Letterbox has kind of agreed, and I'm so glad they're backing me up. This movie was written as a comedy, a hundred percent written as a comedy. Uh, it just isn't a comedy. Like it's just a, it's like a police procedural comedy. Like not like at the level of Police Academy, but at the level of like let's say Dragnet, the movie with like Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. Like it is supposed to be, or like the other guys or something. It's written and it's performed as if it is a comedy. Now, that is like separate from the fact that there's also the, the Harvey Keitel corrupt cop thing. Although I do think one of the funniest moments in this movie is the like yelling back and forth scenes. Like that is hilarious and probably the the best I've ever seen Harvey Keitel do something like comedy. I don't think I've ever seen Harvey Keitel be funny, but that's probably the closest we're ever going to get uh, to him being hilarious. Um, yeah, he's well, well, he has done comedy before, but like dark what? comedies, like individual scenes. Like he was in Grand Budapest Hotel or. I was going to say, yeah. is it a Wes Anderson thing? It was um, one Wes Anderson. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, he wasn't like funny funny he's always he, it's always like a dry humor kind of situation yeah. now he's no like ralph fiends who mostly does dramatic but ralph fiends can like turn it on and bring it to a comedy like he can do something like hail caesar and have like the funniest part of that whole freaking movie like harvey Keitel is it's you know like de niro does comedies I've, harvey does not he's being a little intentionally do comedies i feel like grand Budapest is more, like wes anderson stuff is more quirky than i would say straight out comedy like it's not the recent yeah. ones haven't been written like comedies, but like, I don't know. It's this. Can we just go back to the blackface? I'm so sorry, but what the fuck is happening in this movie? Do you think John Patrick Shanley ever talked about it? So can I Google John Patrick Shanley, January man? You think if I add him or on Twitter, he'll tell me what's going on. I wonder if he even knew about it. Uh, I mean, this face, I mean, like, on like, scriptwriters are aren't always on. on oh, set I found the screenplay. I found the screenplay. Should we check to see if it's in the screenplay? 
Okay, hold on, hold on. I have to buy it for a thousand dollars. No fucking way. I don't have to buy it for a thousand dollars. I'm gonna just Google. Script. Well, never mind. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find the script. Here we go. Uh, um, com. Okay. Got it. Let's see. I'm gonna read it. Um, I'll probably have to. Ugh, yeah, it does look like I'm gonna have to buy it somewhere. But I'm gonna find this, Alex. Yeah, I'm gonna find it. Mm. Let's see. Let's see. Oh. Uh, PDF. Close, add. Sorry, go ahead. You don't have to do this in real time oh, with me. Oh, no. I was like, I'm trying to find a comfortable position. This chair is like hurting my back a little bit. Uh, I need to find a good yeah, chair for. Uh, also, that is how you pronounce his name. His name is pronounced Ray Fines. Ray Fines. Yeah. You, Jake. That's what? Ray. His name is Rafe, not Ralph. Yeah, what do you think his name What do people think his name is? Uh, I don't know. It's, says, no, wait. Okay, so this is a script in which there's. Ugh, this one just has the dialogue, doesn't have anything else. Uh, January man scripts, scripts to scream. Okay, let's go. January script PDF. Here we go. Scripts.com. Ugh. Come on, people. Give me the whole thing. Okay, here we go. January man by John Patrick Shanley. Okay. <gasps> Boom. Oh, God, this is just the dialogue again. It's just giving you the dialogue as if, like, someone transcribed it from things. Okay, I would have to pay for it, but I'm willing to do that. I'm willing no, to pay a little bit of money. No. I'm going to. Alex, just for my own... Sanity, I kind of need to pay for it. How I need much to know is it? In the script. How much is it? Uh, this one says it's going to be $14. Uh, I'm willing to do it, guys. Anyone want to donate $14 into this into this uh, extravagant? Yes, $14 across both sides. I'm doing it. I'm buying it. We've got to find out. So, guys, feel free to to go into the comments and to, or to go to streamlabs.com backslash video drew and throw in a couple of bucks because I am putting out a couple we've, we've we've had a lot of donations in this during this entire thing so i'm willing to throw in a couple bucks towards january man um so oh, the movie. we get another one recently from eric again being a rock Ooh. star tonight thank you so much uh said i'm so glad i blew your mind with pointing out the blackface so oh well that is did you just blow our minds did you just make us supremely sad <laughs> i mean no it, that blows my mind and that also makes me so happy that it's i found out there's a habit about it it really is I mean, I don't, what is going on? Okay, so I have to put in all my information. So that's going to be annoying. So give me a second. Mm. Burbank. Sorry, I shouldn't say well, where I am. So I'm um, not in Burbank. Um, yeah, so this is definitely, this is a, a weird, weird, uh, weird movie for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, um, overall. Well, uh, something I'm kind of curious from you, Drew, is that where, okay, as far as like placement, for John Patrick Shanley's um, filmography as a writer and later a director as well, of course. How do you think this fares? I mean, he this is right it. next to, this is right. I think it's tied with the movie where the guy turns out to be a B. Uh, I think it's, it's right up there with B guy. Oh, how uh, dare you? Which is that, which is to say, I guess maybe there is precedent for his movies just ending with no fucking rhyme or reason because he, the reveal in this, this one, Makes he about as much sense as a guy revealing that he has secretly been a B and he thinks he's, he knows he's not B, but he he also thinks he is a B. I have no way to like the reason why he doesn't tell people. No, dude. Okay. Let's see. Fire field is missing. I hope they don't have to like send this to me. I hope they just give me the PDF. They might mail it to me. Let's see if this. Oh, man. 24 hour to 48 hour PDF by email. Motherfuckers. Oh, well, I, I eagerly I'm await. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it because I'm going to have to circle back to this next next episode. We can't <laughs> figure it out now. We're going to have to. He did this. Actually, he did this right before Joe versus Volcano as well as Alive. So I'm you sure. Know 
wait, this was right before El- uh, Joe versus the Volcano. Then I mm-hmm. bet after this movie, he was like, okay, this is not working with other people directing my movies. The last one before this worked, this is not working. Because, like, the next movie he does is going to be the first one he directs, correct? Oh, no, Five Corners. He direct- no, he didn't direct Five Corners. No, he he did not do it. Five Corners. Um, the one after this was his. Ooh, thank you, guys. Woohoo. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank Appreciate you so much. You. Um, yeah, so Joe vs. Volcano uh, came directly after this. And he, that movie wasn't, I, at the time, I don't think it was as considered a financial success. It was more of a critical success, but it wasn't financial, unfortunately. Yeah. And then after that, uh, he did a live. So if anything. No, no, nobody don't know any of this. I just want to see if it worked. This is not the real thing. This is just because the, the widget wasn't working. Okay, go ahead. But it seems like, uh, if anything, he kind of came to the realization that his he actually found more success initially and earlier in his career from having other people directing. The January Man was kind of the anomaly. I mean, I think as a screenwriter, you probably don't like seeing people take your work and like turn it into something else. My guess is that most screenwriters also like secretly want to direct, just kind of like actors secretly want to direct. If you write words you don't really love, I'm just saying this as a writer, you don't love when people just take your words and like turn it into something that isn't entirely your vision. So I'm sure he always wanted to write and direct and just own it. But, um, you know, Moonstruck doing as well as it did. People probably just want to hire him as a writer. And, like, I think that guy who said it in the comments was probably right. So they probably just greenlit whatever script he had, like, lying around. And this was all the leftover stuff that he couldn't fit into Moonstruck. Same brother dynamic, same area of, like, New York, it seems like. It's the same kind of, like, Italian family type thing. I mean, the whole thing seems very, like, in the set in the same worlds. And, by the way, kind of set in the same worlds as Five Corners. You know, it's got yeah, that, like, it's, this is like a grown-up Five Corners. Like, it's got that thing about, like, you know, uh, murder. This, yeah, it's got the, well, there was a murder. There's, five a, there's a weird, um, someone falls out of a window. Someone does fall out of a window. What was that about? So was there just another copycat murderer or did this guy just get thrown no, out? In five, no, in, um, no, someone, I, well, maybe it was a copycat. I'm not entirely sure, but someone commits suicide after, after killing a woman the same way. Trying to kill, I, I, I can't remember if he did successfully kill someone. Yeah, he successfully killed her. Yeah, um, but yeah, so. But like, and he broke in and it was different. Uh, I don't get it. Like, I think there was something a lot missing uh, and that's fine. Like, that's a thing. But I think that's probably why Joe versus the Volcano, if you're telling me this, Joe versus the Volcano would be next because mm-hmm. it's like kind of proof that he was just like, screw this. I want to do... I only want to do uh, movies, yeah, my own stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, I'm sure also, I mean, especially if you've seen, if you've had so much success, especially earlier on, you want to find some way to challenge yourself, obviously. Yeah. And just, uh, especially someone like him, where he, that's why he's constantly changing up what genres he goes into and what's, if he's going to direct or not or all that good stuff and where if you or if he wants to go back to doing plays you know whatever the situation mm-hmm. he definitely seems like a, the kind of writer director that gets bored really easily and so he's I constantly that. Find, uh, trying to find a way to challenge himself um, to create a, 
better script and beyond obviously as well as, as it, and when he's and he falls in love I guess maybe when you fall in love with the script so much <laughs> at that point you're like I don't trust anyone else to do it but in that case it, in that case uh I just don't know. I, I have to think that he was not happy with this movie. I hope that if this if this was his choice, then this also informed, like, he learned from it, and this is why he wouldn't do Congo with, like, the white Alan Quartermain character, and he demanded that they changed it to a black man, and he added the line. Because, like, if mm-hmm. he wrote, if it turns out that he wrote this into the script, like, that this guy's wearing blackface, I'm going to have to, like, have a word. Huh? We're going to oh, need word. to have a word. That, that insight, that, I guess, even if they explain it away, would insinuate that his pathology was that like he wanted to be black or like, I don't fucking know, or, man. I can't think of a world in which this is explained away in like a sentence or, or two. Uh, like, and it, even if yeah. it was explained away in a sentence, it, it like what, it, even if it was explained, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it would serve a purpose in the right. film. Here's the thing. Like, so, okay, are, there were movies, there are movies like Dressed to Kill. Oh, I guess no spoilers or anything, but there are movies like Dressed to Kill where it's like, or like Psycho, where the pathology is the unsub pathology of like the criminal mind that they would do like in, you know, Sounds of Lamb and stuff. The mm-hmm. people that would be finding this out would be, they would find out the killer had a thing with their mom and for that reason wanted to be a woman. Or like, and it became like a real issue because all the only time trans people were depicted in films was when they were like, like Buffalo Bill or like serial oh, killers yeah. and stuff. So that was like problematic. I, yeah, I love that movie, but that yeah. movie is like that really fucked up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the, it's the like this idea that like the only I, the only version of trans that exists is men who like to dress in women's clothing because they're perverted freaks, right? So that was yeah. like the idea. That was already problematic. I don't know what the there's no fetishistic appeal that I can think of that would that would imply like blackface and not only that, but like would. It, People are saying in the comments that it would make uh, it easier to blend in. In fact, the police would be on the lookout. For, like, this was like the, what, 80s, 90s? Like, the police are definitely on the lookout for black dudes just wandering around, like, with weird hats on. Like, being black doesn't make you less of a suspect. It makes you more mm-hmm. of a suspect in any mm-hmm. city or place in America. It's, so, it doesn't help you. What would be the point of it? Yeah. I mean, not to mention it's the, or by extension, the association saying doing blackface is just another extra quirk uh, that this person is doing in addition to liking astrology and I think that, I think Eric's thing is buildings. right and and that I think that's and I think that's a really not only horribly stupid thing to do by making that kind of connection or thinking that is a connection when it's not. I think I think um, Eric's point is probably right. That's what someone else in the in the Reddit comments said, which is that if police saw him running away, they would assume it was a black man who did the crimes. Now that works unless you played the logic out, which is that this guy is so good at being a mastermind serial killer that he's like leaving clues in the form of like notes and astrology. So he's not planning for people to see him running away. Like that's not a thing that's like happened any other time in the past. Why would it start now? Like it just so happens that someone managed to catch onto it catch on to his pattern but like that pattern was incredibly complex it involved prime numbers and astrologies and music so like yeah. i don't know if this like phony ass blackface is going to be like the thing that like saves you man secondly yeah. i mean like secondly like yeah so he's not doing any running secondly we find out this guy has been in a mental institution for six years when is he like for what first of all for what for murder or for putting on blackface in public like what is he in the mental institution for 
And like, if, is he a criminal mastermind or is he a crazy person? I mean, no, they, I know that they're not totally like opposite sides of a spectrum here, but like a guy who's just yeah. dressing up in blackface because he's crazy. Fine. Maybe I could buy that. But like, if he's candy, like a Fox and dressing like in blackface and doing all this other stuff, then that's like a totally different scenario. And we don't yeah, get any it, explanation for what he is. It, it makes his character seem more ridiculous and stupid. It's rather almost like than, they might as well dress him up like a clown if they wanted to get like silly yeah, with it. Like, yeah, if they wanted to get silly, yeah, no, well, not make a clown or heck, have him look just like them by by extension. Or, by the way, uh, and Eric, your point works, except that people are more likely to report a suspicious person going into a building. Because remember, he never broke in, or like he never broke in like the way that the, the copycat broke in. So like hmm. they're more likely to uh, report a prowler in the area if he stands out because he's like a guy wearing blackface and they are likely to report like a well-dressed like white guy going into an apartment building like they would just nobody would like clock it like so it still doesn't really work for me um real quickly we did get a super chat um a little bit ago saying from wiley henry so thank you so much for your donation i still love this movie soul man has the worst blackface to me love you drew i mean there's some i'm not gonna get into like the worst best blackface conversation the whole history of blackface is problematic. This might be um, the most random use of it, though. Random? I mean, yeah. If you're going to okay, do, so, if you're going to do blackface here, in a film, have it serve a purpose and a very okay. clear purpose. Jake, Jake we're going to show you what we're talking about here. I just had it pulled up. This is a movie that is is not about blackface or people dressing in blackface, but the killer, the serial killer in this movie, shows up at the very end and he is wearing blackface and it's never remarked on and no one says anything about it. It just is what it is. And at the end of the movie, they're like, we got the serial killer. And they never talk about the fact that it was rent. We'd only see it in like brief shots, but it's definitely a dude wearing straight up blackface. And it's bonkers. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I cannot let it go. I, well, I do want to mention, um, uh, I've never seen Soul Man, so I can't really go into that whole thing. But um, I do love RDJ and Tropic Thunder. <laughs> It's. I feel like that's an example. Oh, are we doing our favorite blackface now? Because I also no, it's not. It's not. No, it's, it's not. It's so much of a favorite example. Thing is, that is like one of the, as far as I know, one of the only ways. If you're gonna do it, you're you're doing it in a way that is serving, where it kind of makes sense, and they're making the whole make. They're making fun of people that do it. That's like the whole point of his character. Um, so still not okay. Like still. It, it's still not okay, and it wouldn't pass muster today, and I'm sure he wouldn't do it today. But... He's, def he's like, a lot of people have defended it. Like, he went on, like, like CET, okay. um, like, radio shows, and they ever they all complimented him on it being, like, that's, like, it's, like, it's one of his, their favorite roles and everything Wait, with Wait, like, in the last, like, three or four years? Because I, yeah. I don't think so. We've, like, definitely canceled yeah. people for, like, Way, yeah, no, like, the, way less I mean, than that's, that. that, that. That's the point, but that's that's the point of his the role, though. The role is is making fun of people that no, I no, I, that I understand that cultural appropriation and that that do because that. Even and if how, you're doing I mean, that in, in like a mocking way, like mm -hmm. that's where like you know Bo Burnham stuff, like kind of like his early stuff, kind of toes line. He's making fun of people who would use the f word to refer to gay people, but like he's still using mm -hmm. it, and like he has a whole song about that in like Inside about like. Like mm -hmm. being problematic and like it wasn't okay for him to dress up like Aladdin. Like he can see now that that's a problem. Like even if he was or, making fun of people who were it, dressing up like Aladdin. Like it again. It's, it just kind of depends on the context. Like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it is 
it's bad and it shouldn't be used. Like if you're you're going to do it, it has to serve a very particular purpose. And if you're going to do it, you need to. It needs to. Because the it, voice. It, it, it needs to be shown that it's bad. And yeah, no, I get that. Also, I think, do, I think also, the only reason I give that, RDJ's it, performance you are not only get punished, but it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think the only reason RDJ's performance gets any sort of cultural uh, pass in this is because his thing was not just a specific thing about blackface. It was a specific commentary on his dad's blackface in Putney Swope. Oh, so, I like, know. I know uh, so like his dad played up a black... Uh, did blackface for a very famous, oh, see, so you see, you, you see this? Uh, his dad very famously portrayed a character in blackface in this movie called Putney Swope. Um, and I think that it was supposed to be a commentary on what his father did, which is a very specific thing. Uh, that's not like even, it's not like making fun of people who dress in blackface because that's not really a thing we have in Hollywood. We don't have like a, a hit, we have a history of it, but it's not like big performers in big super action blockbuster movies generally dress in blackface. So it only works as a cultural commentary on his own father's legacy i think and that what are we looking at what are we looking at jake what do you think's going on here because we never find out just fyi it doesn't like why we never find out what purpose does this serve <laughs> why maybe it was just me making a cultural commentary on it so maybe it's okay <laughs> they just cut that part out jesus christ so stupid it's are, you, are you worse <laughs> lost now jake because you act like you, my dog knows more about what's going on than I do, or than uh, than you do. But I would argue that there is nothing to explain that will make you less lost. That's fair. Well, speaking of lost, this movie is is definitely a weird one. It's it's a wild one. I don't know if I'm ever gonna watch this again. Not only just because if I were to watch this again, I would have to buy it for like fourteen dollars or rent it for like six dollars. Um, but it's it's not a movie that I overall enjoyed watching. Like I didn't really out loud laugh personally. I didn't think outside of Alan Rickman, which is always sexy. I didn't find the movie particularly romantic or again funny or clever all that much. So that's yeah, me, me neither. Mm-hmm. Right, let's say yeah. Watch it again? Um, I would watch it again to see what I miss. Like I would look up this time, I would yeah. take notes and I would see if I'm missing something. When I get the script, I'm going to look at the script while watching this movie and see if maybe, I, and I'm going to DM, straight up, I'm not lying. I'm going to DM John Patrick Shanley and ask if he'd be willing to like, not even do an official interview, but just kind of walk me through what happened if he's willing to talk about it at all. Because I've, since we started doing the Shanley's on, I have followed him on Twitter. He followed me back. I've DM'd him being like, I'm a big fan. I know next week is our last, it's our last one of his. So I don't know, like I'm going to kind of make my shot and see if like maybe I can get him on the show or do Man. something. I'll, I'll make my big shot at this. But More uh, than doubt, more than alive, more than Moonstruck. I want to talk about Wild Mountain Time. I, I want to talk about this and Wild Mountain Time specifically just to I ask just, like, what? I have so many what questions. What's going on, man? Like it, well, at least Wild Mountain Time, it, like I, I walk away, I actually walked away enjoying it, but I was just like, I did not like Wild Mountain Time that much. It was just no, no, and I totally and I totally get that why people are, it's what's not. Hilarious, what's hilarious though is that we started mm-hmm. with Wild Mountain Time. That was the John Patrick like because a lot of people I tell about this like I was talking to Paulo Yama I think I, or some other people, uh, some other people and about this and I was like they were like oh well yeah I mean if you're watching John Patrick Shanley have you seen his new one Wild Mountain Time and I was like no we started 
with Wild Mountain Time. And then we looked at his filmography and went, how did the same person make this and out and Joe versus the volcano and Congo? Like it is nuts. Like the other person had multiple personality disorders. Was he just very like, uh, was he just given scripts to write or did, would this all come from the same mind? It is bonkers. I need him on the show. And I need to talk about this last movie that he's, we're going to be doing next week. So do you have any final thoughts on, um, on January? Yeah. My final thoughts is uh, thoughts are uh, no one's all that good outside of Alan Rickman. No one's yeah. particularly interesting. The the script wasn't all that much fun, all things considering. There's a lot of useless useless scenes, subplots that don't really serve a purpose. Again. Mm-hmm. And this movie really just makes me more confused. Yeah, this movie. Um, it, look, because I because I'm not very good at paying attention, uh, I miss so much of this that I guess proves to me why I should look up to on the screen more. More than anything, I wish I hadn't missed this because it really took like uh, uh, Eric in the comments telling us guys the serial killer wasn't just not like a guy that we'd been introduced to like it wasn't just that it was like not uh alan rickman it was that it was a non-commented upon performer of blackface and yeah and eric saying that the guy who was crazy in the mental institution wasn't even the killer that was the copycat so we don't know anything about this guy it feels like maybe we lost the last exposition dump of the movie like the final scene maybe they got cut like they decided just to cut it out the final scene where they're wrapping things up and he confronts no, his brother and he's like, hey, try to frame me. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe because this movie ending with the check is weird enough, but maybe like there's a final scene that we miss where his brother's like, I'm sorry I framed you. It's because you hooked up with my girl and he's like, all good, King. And then like they're like, oh, by the way, this guy was dressed in blackface because of blah, blah, blah. And his mom put like a, a clothespin on his dick when he was a kid whenever he'd win like, you know, the spelling bee. And then we get the whole blue ribbon thing and then everything is wrapped up with a bow. One word, money, 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 money. Uh, it's just so freaking weird. But you know what? We're at the last one of his films. I can't believe it. How long? Hey, stop it. How long does it take? How long has it took us to uh, t- taken us to get through his stuff? Okay, so I'm going to double check. It's been like a good two and a half months, I say. Yeah, we were like at the end of June, I think, because Tulpa just gotten spayed. So. Six. Six, seven, eight. No, we've only, yeah, it's been two months. Yeah, that's strange. Okay, so two months and we're going to be getting to the um, end here. So with the final movie, we we had a tough call here. We had to decide what we were going to do last. January Man I'd heard was a comedy, which I guess it kind of is, but like, I'm glad we didn't end with this. We are going to be ending with his, uh, I think one of his more famous movies along with Moonstruck and Joe versus Volcano. And Doubt, I think, is his movie. 1990, again, you're just going to be mind blown. 1993, disaster film, a drama disaster film, biopic, kind of, because I think it is based on a true story. I can't remember if it is or not. Uh, It is the Uruguay rugby team that flies into a mountain and, uh, you know, have to survive. Uh, It is called Alive. It stars Josh Mm -hmm. Hamilton. Uh, Ethan Hawk, Ethan Hawk, yeah, right. God, Ethan Hawk. I've never actually seen this movie, so I'm excited about it. Ethan Hawk. Let's see, anyone else big in this? No, not really. Okay, so it stars Ethan Hawk and 
Josh Hamilton. So it's about a rugby team. I don't know if it's about what I think it's about. I think I got confused for another movie. I don't even know if this is based on a true story. So it'll be interesting to watch. And Frank Marshall again directed this. Frank Marshall, who directed um, the last thing we saw him direct was uh, uh, Congo. That's right. Mm-hmm. So he did. A, so this is his second collaboration with um, with John Patrick Shanley. So that's gonna be interesting. Um, and he's Catherine, Catherine Kennedy's uh, husband. So that's really cute. Um, okay, Alex, where can people uh, find you? You can find me up here on Twitter, real at real underscore Alex Mack. You can also um, see me on there posting updates regarding my first time movie watches. I'm trying to crack 300 by the end of the year. First time movie watches. So, uh, Wish me luck, and uh, hopefully you're along for the ride. Uh, and I am Video Drew. You can find me. Uh, you can find me watching doing a movie trivia match. I think coming up. I think it's this week. So make sure to tune into that. I'm going to be playing Griffey Nooms downtown, not Julie Brown, but the other downtown, downtown Griffey Newman. Uh, so check that out in the movie trivia showdown on Thursday. It's dropping. Very exciting match. Uh, was really excited to get a chance to play this guy. I played a, him like for a hot second at free for all. And I found him very uh, engaging and intelligent. He does that blank check podcast, which is very fun. If you just a little, how did this get made plug? If you haven't checked out his episode about the Snyder cut on how did this get made? It is incredibly insightful. Probably the only thing I could actually listen to about the Snyder cut. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, I wish I'd listened to it before we did our podcast. Cause it was like very informative. Uh, otherwise you can find me here uh, next so my schedule is all over the place right now because me and Eric are launching, Nerd Chronic are launching a couple shows in podcast form. Um, call to action. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, call to action is great by now. I, I'm, not, I'm never on call to action all that much anymore. I am part of call to action. I do give them a shout out. Um, but I'm never on call to action all that much anymore. <laughs> um, but it just so, comes down to availability. Yeah, so that's all. So, so also you can find me, not to steal the mic back, but uh, you can find me at my Patreon, patreon.com backslash video drew. So we're going to be dropping some of the podcast stuff. It's also where you can uh, request movies for quizzes or for cinema bias. Because um, after this, Alex, it's it, every, anything's game. We could do Pokemon. There's like eight movies that Eric wants you to watch. Like we have a lot of ideas. I want. Have you seen Phantom Tollbooth? Here's like a weird thing. No, no, I have not. But I can't wait to go into Pokemon the first movie. Me and Eric need to like slam some more Pokemon in order to make that happen soon. Uh, Phantom Tollbooth no, is something no. I really want to show you because it's either like something I think that's very much part of your childhood experience or you've never heard of it. Like I was talking to Adam Collins yesterday. He's never heard of it. Like, or he never saw the movie. And like, that was a movie that was on par with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with me growing up or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory really? with me growing up. It was like, the, and like the Phantom Tollbooth won. Like I like the Phantom Tollbooth a lot more than I like Charlie and, or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So... Mm-hmm. A lot going on. So then there's it's cinema bias. There's the video chronic pop cultures quizzes, which are Mondays and Thursdays. This Thursday, I think at nine or nine thirty, we're doing Con Air with Craig the Barbarian and Ethan Big Time Irwin. He's the biggest time right now. Ethan, mm-hmm. the like the, yeah the the belt the belted Ethan Irwin. You know mm-hmm. that that already mm-hmm. happened, right? Yeah, that happened. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It's 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 official. It's public now. Okay, cool. <laughs> So I was like, for a second, I said that word coming out of my mouth. And I was like, no, Drew, no. But anyway, we're going to have them on Thursday. It's a little bit later than usual because everyone's getting off work. Um, on Sunday, we do Live in the Dark. That's usually 8 or 9. We're going to see about this week who's going to be on. I also have a new show with Adam Collins called Why Are We Like This? It's every other Saturday. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. 
Um, and then, yeah, just a ton of stuff with me. So check out all my stuff. Uh, also Pokemon. I love Pokemon. I sell Pokemon and talk about it a lot. And then, yeah. Hey. Da, da, da. Okay, that's it for us. Um, see you guys next time here on Cinema Bias. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, bye.